all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Today we're talking about honor God. Somebody say honor God. We first want to welcome, good morning, Harvest. We want to welcome everybody watching on the Internet campus, those here at the Aurora campus. We're excited that you're with us today. Don't forget, we're a social media-friendly church, so you can Facebook us, tweet us, Instagram us, text us, and all of that good stuff. Amen. Y'all ready to get in the Word today? Yeah. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It gives me abundant life. I'm not just a hearer of the Word. I am a doer of the Word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message. Hallelujah. Remain standing, if you will. Go to Malachi chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1. Uh, and I want you to get down to verse number 6. Malachi is the last book of your Old Testament. It's right before Matthew. Mark, Luke, and John. So it's kind of right there, kind of middle-ish. You got it? Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. If you don't have it, that's fine. Look on the screen. It just says, a son honors his father. And a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am your master parenthetically and said it the way you say I am where is my reverence says the Lord who fights for you that's what the phrase Lord of hosts means he says to my priests who despise my name yet you say in what way have you despised your name let's just look at the first part of this verse he said a son honors his father and this is the Hebrew culture and a servant his master notice he didn't try to get the servant to not be one he just said be a good one if then I am the father, where in the world is my honor? Let me tell you how he would have said it if he was saying it today. Your job gets honored. Your spouse gets honored. Your kids get honored. Everybody else gets honored. The Broncos get honored. Peyton gets honored. Hickenlooper gets honored. But where is mine at? 
And if I'm really your master the way you tell those people at your job that I am, where in the world is my reverence? Says the Lord who fights for us. God, help us today to learn how to honor you better. And if we even start this teaching today, God, not from a place of condemnation, but from a place of repentance, God. Forgive us for not honoring you. Forgive us for not putting you first when we should have. Father, we thank you that when we got up this morning, there were new mercies that would be in place that would forgive us and not treat us as we ought to be treated, but treat us better. And so today, Father, as we learn, as we go further in this subject of honor, teach us how to honor you. And we just ask for forgiveness in advance for not doing so. In Jesus' name, would you shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. I said, would you shout hallelujah? hallelujah? As you take your seats, I five two or three people and tell them, honor God, honor God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, we're going to look at several scriptures today, so keep your Bibles or keep your cell phones real close to you so that you'll be able to keep up with us today. Uh, and if you can't, that's fine. They'll put them on the screens for you. Last week, we started this series called Honorology. Say Honorology. And last week, we learned uh, a few things. Uh, did you learn some things about yourself last week in this series? Uh, we learned, number one, that we were made and crowned with honor, which literally means it was majesty and dignity conferred by God onto us. And we learned uh, that that Hebrew word, Hadar, meant that he has made us beautiful. He's made us comely. He's made us excellent. He's made us glorious. He's made us to glory. He's made us goodly. He's made us with honor, and he's made us with majesty. Look at somebody say, you don't even know who you're sitting next to, man. You, uh, you, 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 you may think you know me, but you don't even know me because the God that formed me made me with honor and made me with majesty, and I'm better than what I've been through. I know I've been through some hell, but I'm better than that. I, I know I've been through some storms and some rains and some hurricanes, but I'm better than what I've been through because I'm made with honor. Say, I'm made with honor. We learned last week that honor is like a bank account, and honor flows from within and in every direction. That's why we had to start this series teaching you that you're made with honor because you cannot give someone something that you do not have yourself. And this is the great deficit that many of us face and deal with in relationships with people is that we're trying to extract things from our interactions with people that people simply don't possess the propensity to give us. And so you cannot give me what you do not have yourself. Uh, which means those of you that keep trying to find peace in people, no wonder you can't find it because you're trying to get it from people when you need to go to the peacemaker. You need to go to Shalom himself. I but we learned that honor flows from within in every direction. So that's why I started by teaching us that we were made with honor so then that way we can give it. Because when we know that we were made with it, then therefore we should automatically be able to give it. And one of those directions that honor must flow is vertically to those that are above you. Say honor must flow, honor must flow. vertically. Okay, the third thing we learned, and we're going to deal with that in a moment. The third thing we learned uh, is that honor predecides how you will respond. Uh, when you know your value, I said this to you last week, it changes your what? Values. I never, ever have to tell somebody who knows their value to stop acting like they're worthless. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. Uh, you never, ever have to tell a Mercedes to quit acting like a Toyota. Nothing wrong with Toyota, nothing wrong with Mercedes. I'm just making the point that would you agree that one costs a little bit more than the other? Now, Mercedes is coming out with a new, uh, new economy-style uh, uh, car. 
Here's the point I'm making. Let me give us a little bit more uh, 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 distance between the two. You do not have to tell a Rolls Royce to not act like a Ford. Nothing wrong with Fords. They're great, dependable American cars, and I'm proud to be an American. But would you agree with me that a Rolls costs a little bit more? Would you, would you agree with that? Would, would you agree with me that it, that it costs a lot more? A whole lot more. Would you agree with me that the oil change on your Taurus is going to be a little different price than the oil change in your rolls? Would you agree with me that perhaps the oil change in your rolls would be like a whole house note or something? I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know. Here's the point I'm making is that when you know your value, it changes your value. So when you know that you're not chump change, you stop settling for people buying you cheaply. And I know that may be difficult for us to imagine, but that's why God says I made you with honor because we're not just some losers. We're not just some mistakes. We're not just some accident. We're not just some Johnny come lately. No, God says when he formed you, he took his time and he made you, listen, he made your mama meet your daddy just at the right time because he said, I'm doing something special. I'm breaking the mold here. There's never been one of you made before. But we discerned, we decide, or we understood rather last week that honor predecides how we will respond. And some decisions are pre-decisions about other things. So the decision to be a person of honor, say I'm a person of honor, is a pre-decision to honor God. Watch this. Not because I have to, but because we get to. Oftentimes in, in Christianity, people look at things with God and Christianity. They sometimes look at that as, well, I have to do this. I have to go to church. I have to pay my tithes. I have to forgive. Can I be honest with you? We're looking at it from the wrong angle. It's not that we have to. It's that we get to. Because forgiveness is a gift not for the person that hurts you. Forgiveness is a gift that you give to yourself. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Forgiveness says I should be mad. In fact, I should do you exactly the way that you did me. But because I've been forgiven so much by my God, I get the ability to forgive you. And while I could sit up and be bitter and be mad and be filled with hatred, I make a decision that I get to forgive you. I, I get to come to church. Not I have to, like I'm punting some kind of celestial time card. Three Sundays in a row, Jesus. Come on. That's got to count for something. <laughs> three Sundays in a row, and, 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 and that's great. And if you've never attended church before and you got three Sundays in a row, you ought to shout and celebrate that. But can I suggest to you that what he's done for us far outweighs what it is that we have the ability to do for him? When he was walking up that mountain, carrying that cross, and he was paying the price for our sin, I dare I sit up and think we're doing him a favor by coming to church. When he was paying for your sickness and paying for your disease, I dare I sit up and think we're doing a favor because we dropped a $20 bill in the bucket when it came by. We can never repay him for all of what he's done for us. So I don't have to do anything. I get to. It was God that got you off of those drugs. It was God that kept that car accident from killing you. It was God that kept you from losing your mind when that person walked out on you. It was God that kept you from shanking somebody after they treated you poorly. It was your God. I wish I had some people in this place that said, I don't have to do it. I get to do it. So... When we're people of honor, 
The first thing that we get to do when we're honoring God is we get to give our first and our best in our finances. Got real quiet right there. I said we get to give our first and our best in our finances. Now, now, now listen to this. This, this is going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind. Uh, in Malachi 3, 7, now we were just in Malachi, right? And he starts this chapter out talking about honor. Say honor. honor. And God starts by saying to the people, he says, listen, y'all. He said, I got an issue with you. He said, y'all are going around. Let me make a contemporary for us. You're going around in your nice cars. Somebody said, Mr. Bang got one. Your nice bus pass. Because it's shiny. And you're going around in your nice clothes. And you're going around with, with, with your nice food. And, and, and you're going around with your kids got clothes on more expensive than. I've never seen a generation where, where toddlers have Jordans. I'm not saying anything's wrong with it. I'm just making a point. I'm not saying anything's wrong with it. He, let me, I'm making it contemporary. He's saying, y'all got all these great things going on. But he starts out Malachi. He says, but what a, where's my honor? He said, do you understand that the money you have is on loan from me? That's not your money. Do you understand the body you're living in? That's not yours. That's on loan from me. You're a steward. You don't own nothing. So then we come to Malachi chapter 3. Check this out. And he says, he says, verse 7, yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and I've kept them. Check this out. Remember, he started out talking about honor. So this whole book is talking about how to return to honoring God. Look what he says. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord who fights for you. Check this out. But you said, how shall I return to you? Verse 8. Will you keep on robbing me? Yet you have robbed me. And I like God because he has a conversation with himself. And then you turn around and say, well, how did I rob you, God? And God turns around and says, where my money at? Oh, y'all don't like it like that? I bet you understand it that way, though. God's like, God's like, listen, come back to me. And he says, I'll tell you how you can start coming back to me. Give me my money. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, oh, Bishop, it's not all about money. But it's so funny because I read those prayer requests. So, so if it's not all about money, stop praying for it. If it's not all about breakthrough, please stop sending those requests in then. Are you still here? God, hear me and, and look at me very, very, very clear today. Look at me very clear today. Please understand, God does not need your money. But your money is an indication of where your priorities. Show me your checkbook log. And I know most of us don't use checks anymore. Most of us use cards, but I know some of you still use checks. Show me your online banking log. And then I'll show you your priorities. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, now, 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 now check this out. Well, why does the Lord need my money? Please, please understand this. Number one, it's not your money. Because if he wants to just cut it off and just decide, I'm done with you. If he just wants to shut every job opportunity that there is, he can just say, no more doors open. So Nehemiah 12, 44, we're not going to flip there, but it, it teaches us that there are three ways that we honor God in our finances. We're honoring God. Because number one, he doesn't need the money. Number two, it's not your money. Number three, 
um, what we're really doing is God says, I want to see your priorities lined up with me first. And in my 1244, it gives us three distinct ways that we honor God with our finances. Now, the whole message isn't going to be about finances, but I'd be remiss if I didn't teach you about how to honor God with your finances. Because you, you, you cannot say that you love God and not love what God loves. And it's a process. It's a process. It's a growth process. Say, I'm growing. See, isn't it good to know that God doesn't expect you on day one to know everything? Isn't it good to know that, that, that even in year one, God doesn't expect you to know anything? And isn't it good to know that you could have been in it for several years and figured out that you've still been known? And he still says, I, I, I'm giving you some time to grow because it's a process. We're all construction sites. And your neighbor, they cleaned their construction site up real nice when they came here this morning. But the truth is, had you saw them when they got up today? Woo, child. Say, I'm a work in progress. I'm growing. I'm getting better. See, I just need to take about a 15-second break. Is there anybody in this place that you understand you're not where you want to be? But you know how to shout that you're not where you used to be. I'm still making some progress. I, I'm still working some stuff off of me. I'm still shaking some world off of me. You might cuss every now and then, but you don't do it like you used to. I wish I had some honest people in here. You may get angry every now and then, but you don't the way you used to. I'm not a, a where I want to be, but I'm so not where I used to be. <laughs> See, I can shout about that because it's an awesome thing to look over your life and be able to see growth in you. And say, had they done that to me last year? Oh, no, I don't know what I would have. Woo, would have been a, woo. <laughs> Somebody shout, say that. Say that. That's going to be our new thing. That's going to be our new thing. That's tweetable, say that. Watch this. Watch this. So, so, so with our finances, we can honor God. And the Bible teaches us three ways. It's the tithe. The offering, the first fruit. Now, I've taught on this before, but I think it's important that we, that we keep it in front of us so we understand how important it is. The Bible says, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Your mind is also. Got it? So when you got your mind on your money. Now, that's just the reality of it, right? Now, now, now check this out. Check this out. The tithe, real, real quickly. The tithe is the first 10% of every dollar. Now, notice it's the first 10%. Not after Excel got theirs, AT&T got theirs, Sprint hijacked it out of your bank account because they went from <laughs> nothing against Sprint. We love Sprint. We love every company that exists in the entire world. <laughs> Watch this, including everything. Now, check this out. This is, this is the part to get some people because they didn't understand this. That includes child support, alimony, separate maintenance, income tax refunds. Bishop, how could I give it on a refund? Because they use the word refund, but the truth is most times you're getting back more than you actually paid in for many people. Now, there's different scenarios. The point is you just pay tithes on it. Amen. Got it? Amen. <laughs> What's this? Unemployment. Babysitting money. Everything. Somebody say everything. If you find, I, I, was, I was running the other, or jogging, well, jog walk. I intended to run, but I was having an intense worship time, and so I couldn't run. I, it didn't work. I just didn't work. So I was jog walking, and I looked down. I was like, my God, I thought it was a $100 bill. I said, look at God, because I took a different route than I normally take. I said, God is so good. 
And then I looked down, it was just a case. I was like, oh, you got to be, come on here. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. What are you talking about? <laughs> Say everything. So if I would have found $100, $10 of that would have been God's. Off the top. Okay, which means for me, I like giving online. I like giving through my phone. So, so, so I can't wait when I'm able to do that. I pop my phone out. Or I get my computer. I'm like boom, 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 boom. And I, and I like doing it right away. So that way I don't try to do it in my mind and forget. That's just me. I'm just talking about me. Now, the tithe should be, grossed on, uh, or should be based off of the gross amount. Okay? Now, many people understand and pay the tithe, but don't have abundance because the tithe by itself isn't designed to bring abundance. Many of you, if you've come from other churches, you would just tithe and watch the Lord do it. But, but that's not what the scripture says. Amen. So that's not what it says. Okay, watch this. Malachi 3 and 8. Here's what it says. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, and what way have you robbed me? Read it together, y'all. In tithes. Check it out. And stop right there. The and is the catcher. Because some people say, Bishop, I'm tithing, but it just doesn't seem like I'm getting ahead. It just doesn't seem like things are working. Well, that's because you're only half obeying. The tithe is like one paddle in a paddle boat. It was amazing because even with the weather changing, you know, one day was 80 last week, and then it was snowing the next day, and then it wasn't sure what it was going to do the next day. And then I had, you know, you, know, you, just go, you don't even know what to wear. You're like, did I get a coat? Do I need some shorts? What do I do? But I was driving past, I was driving past Cherry Creek Dam on the dam road. Y'all know the dam road? Okay, I was, I was driving past. Now, it took me a while. Can I just tell you something about me? It took me a while to even get on the dam road. No, because, because I said there's nothing but that little, that little rail. And that's a lot of water. And you want me to get on the damn road and with that little rail right there. And I just said, what? I mean, just, I don't understand. I said, that's just too close. When I travel and go to places that are close to water, you know, I'm, I'm always very particular about, you know, like, well, do we have to take this route? I said, well, people drive on it all the time. I said, I understand. But that, that's, that water's right there, though. So anyway, I was just telling you, it, it took me a while to build up the courage. Now I take it all the time, but it took me a little while to just, you know, get on it. Once I got on it, I saw it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Some of y'all saying, Bishop, I can't believe that. Well, you got some stuff too. Yeah. Don't you look at me with that judgmental tone of voice. Some of you still won't call that person back that you need to ask for forgiveness for because you're scared they won't forgive you. Yeah. I said, don't be criticizing me for not getting on the damn road. But look, I was watching, and with all the weather changing, there were people in their paddle boats. And, and there were people that were paddling, they, they had the paddles. And here's, here's what tithing is. Tithing is you're in a boat, and you got one paddle going. Here's the problem. If you're only using that one paddle, what are you going to do? Go in circles. And that's why some of you say, I tried tithing, but it doesn't work. No, no, no. It did exactly what it's supposed to do. It took you in a circle. Because you only did it by itself. The scripture says it's tithes and offerings so check it out here it is watch this the tithe combined with offerings which includes the first fruit and we'll talk about in a moment opens up the windows of heaven the scripture says in malachi and re it rebukes or it stops the devourer now now the question is is what what could the devourer the, the devourer could be a bad financial decision it could be a car accident by, by god saying no don't go that way go down this route are you hearing what i'm saying 
Uh, it could be, watch this, not getting into a relationship with somebody that would drain you. See, some of you are trying to say, I don't know what happened to that relationship. Your tithes and offerings worked. Oh, I'm going to help somebody right here. Some of you had some folk you were trying to be friends with, and all of a sudden they just fell off the face of the planet. And you're like, what in the world happened? Your tithes and your offerings were working because God knew they were going to suck you dry because a leech has two daughters, according to the scriptures. Give me and give me some more. Y'all remember that after all this stuff. <laughs> it could be stopping identity theft. Anybody ever had your identity stolen? Can you, you understand how, I mean, that's just, just the most, it, you feel so stripped and so naked and just so vulnerable. Okay. All right. Now, 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 now watch this. Say my tithes with my offerings rebuke the devourer. Okay, now, so, so, so check this out. The scripture says that in Malachi, a little on, if you read further past verse 8, it says that he will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive. Now, oftentimes people look at that and they get confused about, well, <clears throat> Bishop, it looks like I got enough room to receive this here. But that's because you don't understand what the blessing is. The blessing, watch this, is an empowerment to prosper. Now, don't get caught up in just money, right? Because we serve a God who doesn't even need to use money. We serve a God who has another currency called favor. And favor says you might not have a dime in your pocket, but it's still working for you. Favor says you might be making less on this job than you've ever made before, yet you're doing better than you've ever done before. Because we serve a God that can use something greater than money, and it's called favor. It's an empowerment to prosper, to do well, to be made whole. Literally, one of the words used, particularly in the Psalms, for prosperity is the word uh, where we get the word shalom. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. All of us. So check this out. When God says, when you bring me my tithes and my offerings, because both of them belong to him. He said, when you bring me those things, all of it belongs to him. He, you know, he, you know. he said, when you bring me what's mine, he says, I'm going to pour you out such an empowerment. Not necessarily the stuff. But I'm going to give you the empowerment so you can go out and seize the stuff yourself. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Which means God says, God says, I'm going to give you some ideas. I'm going to give you some opportunities. I'll give you some open doors. I'll give you some inventions. I'll give you some favor. I'll give you the right connections. I'll give you wisdom. I will pour you out empowerment, not necessarily the stuff. They can pour the stuff, but, but what's greater than the stuff is the ability to get stuff. You know the old adage, if you teach a man to fish, he eats for a day, or excuse me, you, 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 you catch, well, how'd it go? You give him some tilapia, he's going to eat that night. <laughs> but if you get him a fishing pole and show him how to use it, he's going to eat forever. It's Bishop's version. Got what I'm saying? Okay, so, so it's the same principle here. God, God says, what I'm going to do is pour you out empowerment. In other words, some of you are sitting up now and you're saying, well, Bishop, I tithe and I offer. Well, you need to start recognizing the empowerment you've been given. You're sitting here waiting on him to send stuff and he sent you a mind. He sent you an idea. He sent you two legs so you could get up and do something. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, all right, all right. So, so then, Bishop, what's an offering? An offering is anything above your tithe. Anything above your tithe. Okay. People say, well, I tithe 15%. No, 
You tithe 10%, you offer 5%. You can't tithe more than what the tithe is. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Okay, it literally means first tenth is what it means, okay? Now, check this out. Check this out. We pay the tithe. We're going to move off of money in just a moment. I know some of you, okay. We're going to move on in just a moment. We pay the tithe, but we sow the offerings because the offerings are seed. Okay, never look at your tithe as a seed because it, it, that, that's required. But your offerings are your seed. Now, 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 check this out. Watch this. Watch this. If tithing is one paddle in the boat, the offerings are the other paddle in the boat. Come on, y'all have seen me do it before. Which means when I put both of them together, I'm not going in circles anymore. Now I'm going forward. Are there any forward-going people in the place? I spent enough time going in circles. No, baby, I'm ready to move forward. Would y'all help me here? Because I feel like preaching just a little bit. We sow seed, then we reap harvest. Now, check this out. How many of you agree that, uh, you know, I don't know much about farming, except to know that I used to try to, when I was coming up in the South, I used to take watermelon seeds. You know you did it too. Don't, don't, don't look. So y'all get so judgmental. Because I thought, well, I could put this watermelon seed in the ground because it's a seed, and it should grow. <laughs> but the soil I put it in was very important. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't even have time to deal with that. Just look at your neighbor and say, this is good soil right here. This is good soil. I don't have time to deal with that. Check, check, check this out. Check, check, check this out. Which means if I want a bigger harvest, I don't have to sit and say, God, God, just do something incredible. I, I got a way to make that happen. I got a seed. You're not hearing what I'm saying. In the scriptures, God often, he would say to people when there was a great need, he would, all, he would always look at them and say, well, give me some seed to work with. You exchange your seed, I'll give you a harvest. Now, now some people say, Bishop, you shouldn't give to get. Well, I just got a problem with that because that's not what the book says. Now, I'm not giving in order to try to manipulate God or any of those things, but if you just read your Bible, touch your neighbor and say, read your Bible. It's amazing the stuff you think you know and you ain't even read the book yet. Uh, if you just read your Bible, you can understand that your seed works for you 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Your seed will let you use your mind instead of your, excuse me, your behind. Your, your seed lets you work smart, not hard, because there's certain stuff that I don't have to work hard for. I'll just put a seed on that thing. There's some of you right now, you need to get out of debt. I'm telling you, the way out of debt is a seed. I know it doesn't make sense, but that's why the scripture says his thoughts are not like our thoughts and his ways are not like our ways. It doesn't make sense to give when you're trying to scrape together to pay. But God says, if you'll give me your seed, I will show you that I am the God that can do exceedingly and abundantly above all. I think I got some witnesses here. I'm here to tell you that the way out of your hole is through your seed. Living witness to that thing. I'm a living witness to that thing. I'm a living witness to that thing. I know what I'm talking about. So watch this. You can also sow, because we're talking about offerings, anything above. Now remember, depending on the size of harvest you want, depending on the kind of seed you want. So I was talking earlier about, I'm not a farmer, but I would imagine that if they sow more seed, they're going to get more harvest. I would imagine if you put one, one seed for some corn in the ground, you're going to get 
the equivalent of that harvest. That's why the scripture says, given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So men pour into your bosom. Which means God says, he's so cool, he'll make somebody that can't stand you walk up to you and say, I don't know why I'm doing this for you. I don't know why I'm giving you this. Shall it be, look at it, put it back up for me real quickly. Shall it be what? Measured what? Back to you. Which means when I sow, I sow with expectancy. Okay, but I got to move. I got to move. Watch this, watch this, watch this. You can also sow an offering that's called a love offering. And you, you hear about that. It's seen several places throughout the scripture, several places throughout the scripture. In fact, in the Bible, you could not approach the man of God without a seed. Now, I know in Denver, y'all would have a huge problem with that. But I'm just telling you what your Bible says, because if we want to be Christians, we should follow the Bible. The Bible says you couldn't even inquire with a man of God without a seed. Now, do you understand what the Bible is saying? The Bible is saying, don't even go to the prophet or the man of God unless you've got something in your hand to give. Not because he needs the gift, but because you need the harvest that he has to say. Now, that's your Bible. They never approached a, a prophet, a man of God. They never approached him without a gift. Now, that's just the Bible. But 1 Corinthians 9, 14 says this. In New Living Translation, they're going to put up New King James for you, but it says, in the same way the Lord has ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. The New King James says, even so the Lord has commanded those who preach the gospel to live from the gospel. Okay? So that's what a love offering is. You say, well, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Because we follow the Bible here. That's why we do that. Amen. Oh, God, it got real quiet right there. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, the, the third way that we give, and then I got to move, is called a first fruit. Say a first fruit. Now, many people have been taught incorrectly concerning first fruit and been taught that the first fruit and the tithe are the same thing. All right? Now, remember, as we're dealing with this, it's not that God needs your money. You need his harvest. You need his favor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, somebody said, Bishop, Bishop, I just don't believe that. I just believe God loves me so much that I, just, I can give when I can and God just loves me so much my life's going to be good. Let me just ask you, how's that working? Okay, if need was the prerequisite for God to act, why are there starving children in, in the world, not just in the world, in America? We don't even have to go to some, some third world country. We, we can go down the street. A need is not a prerequisite for God to move. A seed is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some people, well, the Lord knows what I need and he's just going to do it. I, I, and I know that sounds real good, but it's just not real true. Okay, all right. Okay, quiet in the church today. All right. Say the first fruit. The first fruit, it literally means the first hole of the increase. So the first fruit is a third and distinct way to give to God. But now technically it's considered an offering. Why? Because it's above the tithe. Now, now check this out. Proverbs 3, 9, the scripture that we looked at in that video. And wasn't that video amazing? You got this big old expensive car paying $4 gas. Getting a $7 cup of coffee. Remember when coffee was 99 cents? Now, it still is in some places. <laughs> but if you want it hooked up with this, I don't want to endorse any companies. I'm trying to be real careful. But, you know, there are different kinds of mocha and whipped cream 
and sugar and stuff. One year, one year, I gained 15 pounds, and I went to my doctor, and I said, Doc, I said, what, 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 what's be going on if, 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 if in me? I said, because I'm just eating the same way I normally eat. I'm a meat and potatoes guy. I always, any other meat and potato man in the, in the place, amen? I know we're in Denver. Any granola man in the place, amen, praise the Lord. <laughs> No, I like granola. I got some on my counter right now. I like granola. Whatever. I'm just saying, I, I was eating the way I was normally eating, and I gained 15 pounds one year. Now, part of that I blamed on the church. And I told all my leaders, I said, I blame all of this on y'all. I said, I'm not taking, I'm going to do like church people do. I'm not taking credit for none of that. That's somebody else's thing. And, and then I went to the doctor. I said, Doc, what's going on? He, he, uh, they said, <coughs> excuse me, they said, Bishop, uh, well, what are you drinking? I said, what do you mean, what am I drinking? I don't drink. Trying to accuse the man of God. <laughs> no, I'm being funny. And, and, and they said, well, well, what are you, you know, what are you? I said, I'm eating like I normally do. I said, well, I have coffee. They said, well, how much do you have? I said, well, just one in the morning and then an iced one in the evening. That's all. They're like, well, that's where your 15 pounds came from. I said, oh, well, they don't tell you that on the package. It doesn't say nothing about that. Anybody else had something like that? You tell me, what in the world happened? I, t- I had one in the morning, and then I had an ice one in the evening. And then if I was feeling real good, I'd have a snack one in the middle of the day. But thank God for deliverance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I've been delivered in Jesus' name. But the point I was making about that video is you, you had all these different, you had all these different, um, all these different things, and then we, we looked at the value that the individual in, in the video placed on giving to God. And Proverbs three nine says, "Honor the Lord with your possessions, and with the first fruits of all your increase." So watch this: the first fruit is based off of a consistent increase. If you start a new job, the whole first check is the first fruit, because it's the whole first piece of the increase. Got it? If you get a raise on your job, the whole uh, first amount of that raise is the first fruit. And we teach this in detail in KLU. If you get a bonus, the whole first part of that bonus is the first fruit. Check this out. You've heard me do it before. If tithing is one paddle and the offering is the other paddle, the first fruit is a motor which gets you accelerated abundance. So today, because the word teaches that if you're not a tither, I want to challenge you to start today. If you are a tither, I want to challenge you to graduate to being a sword today. Why? Because it's one way that we demonstrate our honor to God. And God himself said, come home and give me my money. Okay, they don't believe me. Put Malachi 3.7 back up on the screens just so you can see it again for yourself. And we'll read it together. That way you can't say Bishop said it. The Bible says it. One, two, ready, read. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, and what way shall we return? Verse eight, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, how did I rob you, God? Give me my money. (laughs) And I found out that when God can trust that he can get stuff to you and he can get it through you, he'll ensure that you never lack for anything. You're not a reservoir, you're a river, which means you're not just getting stuff to store it up, you're getting stuff so stuff can flow through you. Genesis 12, because you're blessed to be a blessing. That's why your God wants you to do well, so people can look at you and say, I want to serve your God. And not only do I want to serve him because of what I see him doing for you, but you're now being the blessing. 
See, Harvest, one of our core values is we're a kingdom church, which means we understand that we're not trying to get a blessing. See, see that's slave thinking. Yeah, people that are trying to get a blessing, that, 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 that's not in the scripture. But people that realize I am the blessing. Here it is. We got to move. The second way we get to honor God is we get to be excellent. Not we have to, we get to. Uh, Colossians 3, 22 through 24. I told you we're going to look at several scriptures today. And we're almost done. And, and, and when we get to this last point, oh my God, it messed me up this morning. Okay. Colossians 3, 22. Look at what it says. Bond servants. Now, bond servant was a servant that was freed, had the ability to leave, but chose to continue to stay and be a servant. <clears throat> look what it says. Obey in all things your masters. Notice he wasn't trying to get them free. Obey all things in your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service. You know people who do it with eye service. They, they say all the right things in front of you. And the moment you walk away, they're on target and on task when the boss is there. But when the boss is gone, they, I mean, they've been talking for 45 minutes. Ain't... Are you hearing what I'm saying? What's the old saying when the cat's away, the mouse play? Not with eye service. Say, not with eye service. Okay, which means not just in front of them so they can see it. Which means that, that real honor is not always seen. Not with eye service. As men pleasers, okay, but in the sincerity of heart or mind, fearing who? God. The word fear here deals with reverence. It deals with honor. Now, remember God asking Malachi, where is it at? Check this out. Check this out. Verse 23. And whatever you do, not just the stuff they're watching you do, not just the report you know your boss is going to check, not just because you come into church and so you wash your car just to come to church. Or whatever. I'm making a point here. And whatever you do, say whatever I do. Whatever. Say it again. Whatever I do. Do it heartily, which means with all of your mind, as to the Lord and not to men. Check, check this out. Check this out. Here's one of the things about honor we, we got to understand. We got to understand this. It means we do great on our jobs, not because the salary matches the workload, but because we're people of honor. Whether you're flipping burgers or whether you're popping collars, whatever you're doing, you do it with excellence because I'm not doing it as if I'm doing it to you. Because if I do it as if I'm doing it to you, I'll remember that you had an attitude with me last week and so I don't really want to do it well for you. But when I do it, I'm doing it as I'm to Christ. I'm doing it as I'm to Jesus. So when I preach, I'm not preaching because of y'all. I'm preaching because I'm doing it before him. Which means he should get my best in everything that I do. So stop saying, well, you know, I just work at Taco Bell right now. You better be the best taco stuffer that they've ever seen in that place. Because if you can't be trusted with tacos, you can't be trusted in the boardroom. If you can't be trusted to put the fries in the oil, you ain't going to be trusted to let the oil run down. So many of us we don't understand the value of doing things with excellence. Not because people see it, but it's because who we are. How about you, 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 you take good care of yourself, not because somebody else is going to see you, but because you're just a person of excellence. 
Can I have my single people? How about you, you don't just look nice because you think the one you're trying to get to see you is going to see you? How about you look nice because you just want to look nice? If you'd stop chasing, maybe you'd be slow down enough to get found. Oh, y'all ain't got nothing to say right there? Why is it if I see you at Walmart at 11.45 because you have to run and get some medicine, it looks like... Now, for me personally, I, 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 try to, I try to do, I'm not perfect, I try to do this in, in every area. So even when my workout clothes I iron, my workout clothes got creases. That's just me. That's just me. I'm not saying you have to do that. That's not in the Bible. Even though cleanliness is next to godliness. Now, now I'm just playing. That's not in the Bible either. That's not in the Bible either. I'm just saying we get to be excellent in everything that we do. Are you hear what I'm saying? I've told you all the story before. I don't have much time. But I told you the story before about there was this job I had when I was coming up. And, and uh, you, I had to literally, I had to dress up to staple and file. <laughs> now, watch this. I knew that I was created to do more than staple and file. Nothing's wrong with stapling and filing. Let me be very clear about that. I just knew that, that the, the, scope, the scope of my Metron, Metron is a Greek word for influence, was different than that. Because you need staplers and filers. So, so don't despise that. If you're good at paperwork and filing and stapling, don't be like, but I wish I could do that. No, we need you. I'm just making a point. And, and, and I would get and I would do it. And I did it with excellence. I said, that was going to be the best files you've ever seen in your life. You're going to know I stapled it because I didn't staple it across like this. I stapled it at an angle like this here so that when you flip the page over, you're not going to mess up the page. But see, y'all don't know that. I just hooked some of y'all up right there. All of my administrative assistants and secretaries and things in the bill, I just hooked you up. That's why your boss keeps getting mad and ripping your papers like that because you don't staple them right. It should be a diagonal staple in the top left corner, not a horizontal staple. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, okay. I, I, was, uh, I recently got an opportunity to do a tour. Y'all okay? I'm just trying to paint this picture for you. <clears throat> to do a tour of, uh, 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 I think it's now called AT&T Cowboy Stadium. I was there with some other pastors and we were doing some things. And uh, it was massive. I went to the stadium and said, God, or what, what it looked like a stadium. What is it? I guess college. I don't know what you call it. Because it's got kind of that half roof thing. I don't know what you call it. The dome. I don't know. And it's just massive. And it was so immaculate. I said, there's a reason that Jerry Jones, even though his team can't seem to, there's a reason. I didn't say nothing. Don't get an attitude with me. I'm just saying. The building was immaculate. It was so clean. It was so nice. It was wonderful. And then the tour guy comes out. Uh, uh, still got comes out. Matter of fact, some of y'all was in that live when I did the video for you. They, they were calling. They said, Bishop, come on. I said, but I'm trying to see the video for the people of God. Don't I? And they said, come on. And, and the guy, he took such pride in what he was doing. And, he, and he, he knew all the facts and all the details. He didn't have a little sheet he was reading from. He knew the numbers. And one of the gentlemen asked him, he said, well, what are you, this is what you do? This is your full-time job? He said, no, I'm kind of retired. He said, and I'm just kind of part-time. And he said, in fact, I don't even get to park around here on game day. I have to park across the street at the Super Walmart. <laughs> but watch this. I was so impressed with the man's level of excellence 
and his attention to detail. He knew every detail about that. I mean, he could be walking, and you could say, how many TVs are in this corridor of the facility? Oh, about 3,422. And Sony gave us those in a special buyout deal that we did this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And this. I mean, he knew everything, because watch this. He didn't treat it like a part-time job. He was retired. He didn't need the money, but he understood that what he was doing, he got to be excellent because he wasn't just representing himself. He was representing the brand. He was representing the owner. And I'm here to tell you, we got the best brand and we serve the best owner and we serve the greatest God. And so when people look at us, they to say, my God, I want to be a Christian. Shout, I get to be excellent. The third thing I got to move is we get to serve. We get to serve. We, we, we get to serve. Um, Bishop, what does that mean? That means we use our talents, our gifts, our resources in the church to, to further the vision that God has for the house. This is so important. Say important. There's an interesting word that you never find in the Bible. It is the word Volunteer. You don't find the word volunteer in the Bible because I believe of the connotation that comes with the word volunteer. The word volunteer suggests that you're doing the organization a favor. They better be glad I showed up today. What were they going to do if I didn't show up? But God uses the word serve. In fact, Jesus, when the disciples are amongst them and they're fighting amongst themselves, you know how they're doing because they're trying to figure out well, who, who does he really love most? Who's really most important to him? Who's the greatest amongst us to him? You'd be surprised the feuds your friends have about who's greatest to you. That's why some of you wouldn't try to mix groups of friends. You're like, why don't they ever mix up right? Because they're disputing amongst themselves. Well, 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 we've been friends since high school. Well, we've been friends since fifth grade. And I know they grandmama, and I know they cousin, and I know they uncle's auntie's nephew, and I know this, and I know that. And as if that means something. They came to Jesus one time. They came to Jesus and be like, Jesus, your mama out here. Jesus like, who? They said, Jesus, you know, your mama. Jesus is like, listen, whoever does the will of my father. These are my brothers and my sisters. They're my family. So check this out. The, the disciples were fighting amongst themselves, and they said, you know, who's the greatest? And Jesus get over here. It's amazing because they were rocking right with him like he wasn't hearing what they were saying. You, you ever had somebody walking with you and, and they act like you're not standing right there and they're talking about you? Jesus. So Jesus is like, Jesus is like, I'll tell you who's greatest. Master, who's going to be greatest? Master, can I get to seat right next to you? Master, can I do this? Master, can I be the one to do this? And Jesus is like, I'll tell you who's the greatest. The one who can serve the best. You know why? Because watch this. The owner often doesn't have all the keys to a building. But the janitor does. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Which means there's some doors that you're going to get opened in your life because God sees how you serve him in the church. So we get to use our, our talent, our time, our energy to, to serve the church. Which means we get to be in on something bigger than you. Today, uh, what you see in this experience and all these things didn't happen today just because I got up on this pulpit to preach. Today, this happens, watch this, because a group of people called the Dream Team. 
decided I'm going to honor God with my talent, with my resources, with my gifts, with my energy. I'm going to honor him. And because of their honor of God, you have a seat to sit in. You have screen. These screens don't work themselves. That, that soundboard doesn't work itself. Hey, man, I thank God for the people who work my sound because it's very important. Need a special anointing to be the bishop's sound man. But I've been delivered. For those of you who have been here for, a long, for, for any amount of time, you know that I used to, the Lord's been good to me. See, I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be because when the sound would get the devil in it, I had this thing I used to do. I used to just sometimes, uh, the mic would frustrate me so. Don't judge me. Do not do it. It would frustrate me so that the only thing I could do is get it out of my hands. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about because your cell phone, when you upgraded to iOS 7, it started moving real slow. And so the only thing you could do to get rid of the frustration was get it out of your hands. Come on, y'all, don't leave me like that. But I'm so thankful I have not thrown a mic in over three and a half years. Ain't God good? He's been so good to me. Over three and a half years, no mic has left my hand. And you see, last week, see, like, remember last week, the mic started acting great, and I was just so, I was just so, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, because I didn't throw nothing. Some of the parents said, Bishop, that's too violent. Like the pot you threw at your child last week. I'm just being funny. Touch your neighbor and say, he's just joking. I said, touch your neighbor and say, he's just joking. <clears throat> Don't be throwing stuff. <laughs> Here's the point I'm making. Because of the dream team serving and using their time, their talent, their resources, their energy to honor God, God has been able to do something great through Harvest in a place they call the Church Planners Graveyard. Well, I'm looking around at the room today. It doesn't look like we're dead to me. I said, it doesn't look like we're dead to me. Why? Because there's some people in this church that say, I'm going to serve him, and I'm going to serve him with excellence. Would you celebrate the dream team with me? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for honoring God. Hallelujah. You are appreciated. And, and, and we couldn't even do it because there were so many of them, but I was going to have them bring out the stacks of praise reports, which for the sake of you, 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 you I got one more point. You ain't going to press my time now. I got one more point. Clock say I got time. I got time. But literally, literally thousands of praise reports that have come in from all around the world because of the Internet campus and all these different kinds of things. Bishop, how does that happen? Watch this. Because people say, I'm going to honor God. And I'm going to serve. And I don't need a title to serve. And I don't need a special seat with a reserve signed on it to serve. I just want to serve. I just want to serve. I just want to get the job done. And I believe we have such a spirit of service in our church because in my life and ministry, yesterday marked the official 16th anniversary for me of vocational ministry. 
I'm celebrating Jesus because let me tell you, I don't know how I made it. But if it had not been for his goodness and his, I would have shot some, I would have done something. He's been good to me, man. Now, now technically, it's actually been a bit longer, but I, I count a certain event that kind of marks that. But, but the point is, is, is that but, but before I was a senior pastor and before I was a bishop, I served the vision of other men of God faithfully. Faithfully and served it well. And I believe that that same spirit of honor that I gave, I believe that it exists in our house today. Because I sowed it. Scripture says, if you're not faithful with another man's, I'll dare you even ask for your own. And I didn't ask for my own. I was just faithful with another man. So he said, I'm going to give you your own. Are you still here? Fourth thing. And this, this one's going to mess you up. In a good way. Say, this is a good mess up. Watch this. The fourth thing we get to do is we get to be honored by God. So, so not only do, do we get to give him our first and our best in our finances, but what's the second thing we get to do? Get to be excellent. What's the third thing we get to do? And what's the fourth thing? We get to. Now look at this. First Samuel 2.30. We're going to look at a few scriptures here. First Samuel 2.30. First Samuel 2.30. Amen. 1 Samuel 2.30, look what it says. <clears throat> Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk for me, walk before me forever. In other words, God said, I made you a promise. Say, so he, he made a promise. But check this out. Look, look what he says right here. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. In other words, God said, the promise is conditional. There's some great things I'm saying I'm going to do for you, but those things are conditional. Look what he says. Far be it from me. For those who honor me, watch it, I'm going to honor them. But those who dishonor and despise me shall be lightly esteemed. In other words, God says, if you honor me, I'll honor you. You dishonor me, I'll dishonor you. Check it out. He made a promise, but he said, but, but you violated the terms of the promise. I didn't ask for your perfection. I just asked for your honor. See, stop thinking that God's looking for you to do every little thing just right. He's not looking for your perfection. He's looking for your faithfulness, and he's looking for your honor. But so what does that mean? It means even when you do make a mistake, get right back up, brush yourself off, and keep it moving. God's not asking you to be perfect. That's why he got on the cross and died for you. He knew you wouldn't be able to do it. He says, just give me my honor. But check this out. Y'all know your bishop. So, 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 so the word honor here is different than the word honor that's used in other places in the Hebrew. The word honor here is the word kabod. It literally means to make weighty or heavy. Now, that doesn't literally mean God's saying he's trying to make you, make you heavy. <coughs> Amen. Or weighty. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to move right past that. So here's what he says. Now this is going to, this is going to okay, okay, you ready for this? When I looked at it, I almost cut it out this morning because I said, oh my God. O-M-G. I-J-S. <laughs> R-O-T-F-H. Rolling on the floor hollering. Bishop, why? Say, Bishop, why? 
Y'all are very intelligent, church. It means to make weighty, check this out, in two simultaneous senses. Bishop, what does that mean? It has two simultaneous yet different definitions. Which means one word means two things at the same time. You got that? Listen to this. It means abounding with. That's one to shout about. Abounding. That means having a lot of. Oh, you don't want a lot of? Okay, well then fine. Check this out. Check this out. It means to boast. To glorify. To make very great. To be or to make heavy. To bring, come to, do, get, or be had in honor. That's good. So y'all don't know when to shout there. My note takers, see y'all, you just get the CD because you're not going to be, I'm moving too fast. <laughs> you get home, you don't even know, you wrote in tongues. You don't even know what you wrote. It means, watch this, to prevail. God says, if you honor me, I'll make sure you win every time. Watch this. It means to promote. God says, I'll create a position for them to put you in. I'll, I'll find a way to get you promoted. Watch this. It literally means to be rich. I want to be rich. Hey, come on. Y'all got to be a little bit faster. Now, remember, whenever God's talking about that, he's not just talking about stuff and money. You can have a lot of money and have a lot of hell. In fact, somebody wrote a song. I don't, I'm going to say who wrote it, but somebody wrote a song. Said it seems like sometimes the more money. Watch this. Watch this. That's the first sense. This party going to mess you up. Say, that's good stuff. This is God saying, if you honor me, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to make, I'll make you rich. I'll make you abound with. I'll make you boast. I'll make you glorify. I'll make you great. I'll make you heavy. I'll make you bring, come to, do, get, or be had in honor. I'll make you nobility. I'll make you prevail. I'll promote you. Ooh, but then here's the second sense. Watch this. To more grievously afflict. So, so, some of y'all ain't got it yet because you're trying to figure out what he say. Rewind. God's true mark of trust in you is when he can trust you with affliction. God's true mark of honor for you is when he can trust you with trouble. I'm here to tell somebody the trouble that you're dealing with ain't because you did nothing wrong. This ain't for everybody. It's for somebody. It's because God says, I'm honoring you. Ooh, but it goes further. It goes further. It goes further. Watch this. It, it means to harden or develop. One of the definitions, you know the story about the prodigal son. One of the definitions of the word prodigal in its original language, is soft or underdeveloped. In other words, he thought he was ready for something that he wasn't ready for, so he had to go through something so it could get hard. So it could be developed. Some of what you're dealing with has nothing to do with where you're at now. It's because God is developing you for what you're about to step into. 
and you sitting here thinking your trouble is about yesterday. Please understand, trouble is like Terminator. It comes from the future into the present. What you fighting has seen your future. So if you're fighting a lot of hell right now, you need to ask yourself, what is it that my trouble has seen in my future that I haven't yet come into the realization of? But watch this. It goes deeper. It, it goes deeper. This, this the one that got me. This the one. Now, if I run off the stage, y'all come up here and sing. Because this one had me in tears. This, this one had, this was, that's all right. Yes, man, it is okay to cry. Matter of fact, sometimes you got to cry so you don't cuss. Are y'all going to do me like that? Are any of my men going to be real with me just right there, just for a moment? This word honor, I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to make you prevail. I'm going to promote you. That's one sense. But the other sense, it literally means this. Listen, it means to go forward while sore. God said, listen, I know you're in pain, but you still got to go forward. I know you're sore because you've been fighting and you've been fighting and you keep wondering when am I going to have to not fight anymore. But God has honored you because he's given you the strength to do it while you're hurting. I wish I had a church that I feel like preaching right here. I, I wish I had a church that knew that sometimes you got to go, but you got to go while you're hurting. You got to go while you're sore. And you got to smile when you really want to frown. And, and you got to laugh when you really want to cry. And you got to press when you really want to be depressed. Shout, I'm going while I'm sore. Sometimes, sometimes, be seated, I got just a little bit more. Just, just, so sometimes, sometimes in life we can ask God, God, give me the strength. And the strength shows up in your ability to play while you're hurt. I, I, I was watching, it was some football game, I don't remember how long ago it was, and and he said the guy was playing with a broken hand. And I thought, watch this, I'm going to help your neighbor. What an opportune time to have an excuse. You got an excuse to be broke. You got an excuse to be hateful. You got an excuse to not forget. People have done you wrong. You got an excuse to not trust nobody. You got an excuse to not serve God. You trusted him and it seems like he let you down. Who am I talking to? You got an excuse, but just because... I said, what an excuse. To, and he was a lineman. Okay, which means all they do, basically. I was a fullback. Now, I wasn't fast enough to be the running back. I was a fullback. <laughs> so when they give me the ball, you know what I mean? I'd be like, you sure? <laughs> He's so much faster than me. Just let him do it. He's more slender. He can just slide in through the holes. I, I, I'm going to hit the hole and just want to knock everything down. I said, just, just let him do it. Well, watch this. He's got a broken hand, y'all. And he's got to use that hand to help block the lineman. 
Did you get that? He was playing while he was sore. So some of you don't understand. God's, God's answer to you asking him for strength was yet you play while you were hurting. For some of you, God's answer to you saying, get me through this, was him blowing the whistle and say, the game starts. And you're saying, but Lord, give me some time. Oh, I'm going to help myself. Lord, give me some time to heal first. Lord, give me some time to mend my wounds. Give me some time to sit at home by myself in the dark. And God says, no, the game has got to start. And you got to play while you're so. A good portion of this year I've been playing while I've been sore. And I get up every week to declare the glory of our God. And I get up every week to preach the truth of our God. Because I realize I've been honored by God. Because I've been given the strength to play while I'm hurting. (laughs) That messed me up. It may not have messed y'all up. (laughs) Paul says, Lord, take this thing from me. It's messing with me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. And you know what God's response to him is? No. You ever prayed and then looked at the circumstance and said, well, evidently his answer is no. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus, I could just take off running. Oh, my God. I'm telling y'all, if I bust, y'all, come on here. Because sometimes you think, well, God, you love me. And you care about me, and you're merciful, and great is your mercy, and great is your faithfulness, and great is your love. And I'm loved by God, and I'm made by honor, and you think all those things. And then you look, and you're like, but why won't you fix that? Anybody? Anybody? Just me. Anybody in the last few weeks you've been saying, why won't you fix that? Why why won't you do that? Why? Why won't you just fix it? Why won't you just change? You can do it. If you heal blinded eyes, and if you heal sick bodies, if you open up a sea so they can walk across on dry, if you did all of that, then you can do this, God. Why won't you just fix it? That's what Paul says to him. You know what he says? No. I'm honoring you, Paul. And my grace is sufficient. Listen, what does that mean? He'll give me the strength to play while I'm hurt and play better while I'm hurt than when I was doing well. He'll give me the strength to play while I'm sore and get so high on the spirit and so high on his goodness and so high on his mercy that I forget about my pain. That's what some of you are at right now. He's saying, no, I'm honoring you. And my grace is sufficient. And this one, not all of them, but this one, you got to play this one while you're sore. That'd be a great place to end the message. I think that'd be a good place to end it. But uh, I got two more notes. 
Not points, but notes. Y'all want them or no? Yeah. If you don't want them, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Shall I say that, Bishop? Yeah. Uh, all right. Say, God, God. is honoring me. That, that's how you've been playing while you've been sore. That's his honor. That's how you've been getting up every morning and finding joy. When had it been this time last year, you would have been waking up just... I got any witness? You would have just, just... Yeah, woke up mad. Dang it, I got to do this. Mama, mama, mama what? Be like, you just got up. How are you already mad? I'm not going to have a script there for the sake of time. But, but say, God, God is honoring me. And an example that is found, you can write it down and go on your own time in Matthew 13, 57 through 58. And Mark 6, 3 through 6. It's a story about Jesus going to a particular village. And in that village, the Bible says that the people were offended at him. And they were offended at him because they said, isn't this Mary's son? Isn't this the son of a carpenter? Joseph, isn't this Jojo's son? From the heel? Heel who? Heel what? Because they didn't realize, watch this, that the 11-year-old boy they had met was now king of kings and lord of lords. So you got to be careful from people who knew you back then because often they'll try to keep you in the box of who they knew you as. And so they'll meet you and say, remember when we used to do that? No, you know what? I decided to forget that because the Lord says, forget those things that are behind and press for... No, I'm not the same you that you met. I'm not that me anymore. And Jesus says, the scripture says, rather, he said, uh, they were offended at him. And Jesus said to them, well, a man of God or prophet's not without honor except in his own country amongst his own relative and his own house. And the Bible says in one of the accounts that he couldn't do many mighty works there. And the other one, it says that he wouldn't do many mighty works there. But so what's the point? God said, because there is a dishonor of me, I cannot and I will not do any mighty works except the Bible says he healed a few people. Check this out. I'm going to help you. Now, this is a good place. This, we, we can shout on this one. You ready? Watch this. Two different people, because the Gospels are different per perspectives, different angles of many of the same stories. Okay? Now, watch this. Two different people called it the same thing, even though they saw it from a different perspective. Mighty works. One says he couldn't, one says he wouldn't. Bishop, what's the point? The people, watch this, say your name. You not seeing mighty works has nothing to do with God's desire to do them for you. But everything to do with your honor or your dishonor toward him. People say, why won't God just do this? Just, why won't he just do it? 
Can I ask the question that he asked in Malachi? Where is his honor? Jesus said, I can only heal a few people here. Not because there's not more people that need to be healed. But because the atmosphere of this place is dishonor. And since the atmosphere is dishonor, I cannot and I will not do anything mighty here. So can I submit something to you? You've seen God do great works in your life. You've seen him do some great works in your life. You've seen him make ways out of no way. You've seen him give you the strength to play while you're hurt. You, you've seen him heal you. You've seen him. Do, but, but can I submit to you that when you start to honor him in a greater way, that you've seen great works, but what we've not seen is mighty works. And I think there's some people, I think this is a good place to shout, that there's some people in this place that say from this day forward, I've seen great, but I want to see mighty. I've seen good, but I want to see my mighty. I've seen one, but I want to see mighty. Everybody stand on your feet with me. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost water gel facial moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's.